0: Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media, to make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, in the ages of all ages, Amen. The church has been in celebrations throughout the month with Christmas, the Nativity, with the Feast of Our Lord's Circumcision, with Epiphany, which we celebrated officially yesterday and today is the second day so it's still a joyous tune in the church, a festal tune whereby we celebrate that and even tomorrow there's another feast which is the feast of the first miracle the Lord performed at the wedding of Cana of Galilee. So the church is celebrating and we're celebrating for good reason because we're not just celebrating a calendar of events or remembering um, that this was Christmas and then this feast is coming and then in a few months it'll be Easter and then another loop. It's It's not just calendars, but it's really a celebration of what the Lord came to fulfill in us and for us. So it's truly a pursuit of holiness. We've, we've spoken of the pursuit of holiness in the past. But I don't think we can ever speak of it enough because our God is holy. And He Himself tells us, be perfect just as your Father in Heaven is perfect. Or be holy just as your Father in Heaven is holy. And we ask ourselves, how can we be holy? How can I be holy? And everything we're celebrating, like we said, all these feasts that we're celebrating this month, All the feasts that the church celebrates throughout the year are all about what God came to give us. He came to give us and to fulfill in us this holiness. Even St. Paul says that he came to perfect holiness in us. Perfecting holiness is a beautiful thing. And it has to do with everything that's from the inside out. Not from the outside in. If we only pursue an outer appearance of holiness or a religious appearance of holiness, we will never really be satisfied. Because holiness is meant for the heart from this depth of it. That's why it's there, and that's what it's all about. So, St. Paul gives us a very interesting passage when he writes to the Colossians, and we spoke about this in the readings of the the Feast of the, the Lord's Circumcision. He says, In him, so in Jesus, you were also circumcised. So you're circumcised in Jesus. And we're going to explain that. With the circumcision made without hands. By putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. So as we cut away sin from our life, we are spiritually circumcised. By the circumcision of Christ, buried with Him in baptism. You see how? So the circumcision is completely connected to baptism. that Everything is fulfilled in the baptism. That's why baptism is is the entryway of our salvation in the church. We are buried with Christ in baptism, in which you also were raised with him. So we, we are immersed in the waters and rise together with Christ through faith to believe in it, in the working of God, who raised them from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and this uncircumcision of your flesh is made alive together with him. Having forgiven you all trespasses. And that's what happens in baptism. Everything is forgiven. Having wiped out the handwriting of our requirements that was against us. Imagine all the sins that we have committed. There's a requirement. I have to give an account one day. And who will be able to give an account if it's not through Christ? No one can. Which was contrary to us. So this... Requirement was contrary to us because we were never meant to die in sin. We were meant to live forever in holiness. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So it's like sin was in the way. And that's why you notice throughout the liturgy of the prayer of reconciliation, the priest holds that white veil wrapped in two like a triangle. And he puts it up in front of him like this. So you're standing. And he's standing, interceding on the congregation's behalf. And he holds this veil like this. And the veil is in front of his eyes. So he's like this. Because until this veil is removed, until the requirement is removed, we cannot have access to the kingdom. But that once this is removed through the cross, we remove the prosphorine, the cover over the altar, to remind us that the Lord also removed our sins having nailed them to the cross, having taken them in Him on our behalf, and now we are reconciled. That's why the main requirement in the church before we receive the Holy Mysteries is reconciliation. If I'm not reconciled with those around me, how can I receive Christ? He reconciled us with the Father, therefore we need to be reconciled with one another. And that's why we pray regularly in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we Forgive those who trespass against us. So this is what the Lord accomplishes. Because you notice in the gospel today, He said to the woman who cried out, Blessed is the womb that bore you, and blessed are the breasts which nursed you. He said more than that, blessed are they who hear the word of God and keep it. Keeping the word of God is that pursuit. It's pursuing it. Imitating St. Mary. Imitating the saints who have chosen... And pressed on, have insisted on pursuing holiness. To perfect themselves in Christ. He who is all holy says, I can make you holy. And that's why St. Paul, when writing to the different epistles, different letters, says, To this church called to be holy, called to be saints. This is our calling. St. Paul tells us the same thing in a different way in Hebrews 10. He says, by this Will of God. This is the will of God. We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. That's why it says, this is the will of God. Our sanctification. Once and for all this has been accomplished. And we say, how can I? I fall in sin all the time. I just fa- fell in sin now. I just fell in sin a second ago. I just fell in sin 10 seconds ago. I just fell, I'm falling in sin again now. How can I enjoy this? Pursue it with all your heart and submit yourself to the will of God. Let Him work with you. Let Him work in you. Let Him work through you. That's what we call synergy or synergism, where the person, the will of man and woman works with the will of God in our heart all the time. That's why the Lord gave us a very beautiful image when speaking to Nicodemus about baptism. When speaking to him about being born again, and Nicodemus said, "What must I, how can I go back to my mother's womb and be born again? Is that possible?" He said, "No. That's not what I meant at all. And the Lord gives us a beautiful comparison. And he says, "Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, you remember this scene, I think. Some of you remember it. There was a plague, and the Lord told Moses, "Make a serpent out of bronze." Cast it out of bronze and twirl it around this pole and plant it in the ground. And everyone who is dying of this illness, of this plague, in modern day time we'll say sin, only believes and looks at it, they will be healed. So the Lord uses this to remind Nicodemus, just as Moses did that back then, so also, even so, must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. So as you believe and you look in faith at the cross you become healed. But there's a belief which leads to a conviction which leads to a lifestyle whereby everything becomes the pursuit of holiness. When I talk to my friend I'm pursuing holiness. When I'm having a cup of coffee I'm pursuing holiness. When I'm at work with my colleagues I'm pursuing holiness. When no one is looking, I'm pursuing holiness. And so on, and so on, and so on. This is what this means. So you believe, you agree, you accept, and then you walk in that path. You walk in the footsteps of He who died on your behalf. On the cross. It's not going to be easy. It's going to have its ups and downs. And it'll have all its meanderings with it, however It'll be the most worth it thing you could ever invest your efforts and your energy and your time and your heart in. Nothing greater than that. St. Paul says, do so without murmuring. He says, do all things without murmuring and disputing, so without reasoning too much, within, doubts, but what if, and I don't know. There is such an attack on the faith, isn't there? You look outside in the world we live in today, your faith is always attacked especially our poor martyrs. I call our poor martyrs today our children. The children from pre-K all the way till university. They're martyrs in the 21st century because they are constantly being attacked in here to prevent them from believing in this. Constantly. So it's our role to help them Vanquish the plots of the demons against them. Do all things without murmuring and disputings, reasonings within, doubtings, that you may become blameless and harmless. In other words, living in holiness. Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. See, so if St. Paul said that to the Philippians back in the first century, if he was with us on earth today, what would he say about this generation? That's why the Lord in today's gospel says the people of Nineveh, Nineveh will rise up at the time of judgment and condemn this generation. And the queen who came to see Solomon will condemn this generation. Because from the evil and the difficulties they faced, they still pursued the truth and righteousness. How much more would they be in awe of what's happening in the world today? But that does not stop us. That does not move us. That does not discourage us. We press on constantly toward the goal. Saying, no, I will not give up or give in. This is what all our, 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 the saints who preceded us have done. Every generation. Those who have chosen this holy life. Among whom you shine as lights in the world holding fast. The word of life, hold on to the word tight. That's why the Lord said, more than this, blessed are those who hear the word of God and do what? Keep it. This is what St. Paul means. hold fast to the word so that he says, so that I may rejoice in the day of judgment. So that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Get me to rejoice so that I have not done this in vain. Everything I preached, everything I've said to you, May not be in vain. So it's a pursuit. And keep pursuing it. So when we compare it to the whole area of circumcision, like we saw that St. Paul explains that circumcision spiritually is cutting away sin from our life. Insisting on doing so every single time. He says in the era of grace we keep the spiritual circumcision of the heart by repentance of sins to live for the Lord in righteousness and holiness. And this is exactly what Zechariah said after his tongue was loosed and he said that his son would be named John. He began to prophesy what John the Baptist would say and do. He began to prophesy what John the Baptist would preach. And among the words he said, he said at the bottom, if you look at that screen, the last verse on the screen, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. This is the pursuit of holiness, that we walk before him in holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. So how do I do this? Fine, but how? Okay, fine, but how? I don't know how. Yeah, you do. You really do. The Holy Spirit in you convicts you every single time to redirect that steering wheel of your heart. To lead you to insist on pursuing this. You know. The Lord Himself said, The Helper whom I'll send to you, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have ever said to you. It's always going to come back. The Holy Spirit working with your conscience all the time to enable you to fulfill this. And ultimately, the Lord says, Everything to pursue this hangs on love. And St. Augustine gives us a very beautiful quote on love. He says, the following his love is the crown of virtues it might be too small for you so I'll read it for you love is the crown of virtues he says responsibility without love makes you ruthless justice without love makes you cruel duty without love makes you violent the truth without love makes you a critic intelligence without love makes you a fraud kindness without love makes you malicious Dignity without love makes you arrogant. Possession without love makes you stingy. Faith without love makes you a fanatic. Life without love is worthless. Love and do whatever you want. If you are silent, then be silent with love. If you speak, speak with love. If you correct, correct with love. If you forgive, forgive with love. Put the root of love in your heart, from this root nothing bad will come. So we're not talking just about a romantic emotional love, an infatuation, a crush, something that can change from moment to moment. We're talking about the love of Christ that is given to us by the Holy Spirit in whom we were baptized. This enables us to do all these things, and that's why the Lord says. That all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So this is not something to wait on. Say, okay, one day when I'm older, when I'm wiser, when I'm more mature, when the time is right, don't procrastinate. If you are a procrastinator by nature, don't procrastinate on this one. St. Augustine who said these words also tells us, God has promised forgiveness to your repentance, but He has not promised tomorrow to your procrastination. So don't waste time, because you don't know if tomorrow's coming. I don't know if tomorrow's coming. C.S. Lewis tells us we were promised sufferings. You say, well, that sounds a bit discouraging, doesn't it? They were part of the program. This is a man who was once an atheist. He was once an atheist who became a great defender. In a very witty way in his writings as a Christian writer. We were even told, blessed are they that mourn. And he says, I accept it. I've got nothing that I hadn't bargained for. Of course, it is different when the thing happens to oneself, not to others. And in reality, not in imagination. So what is he trying to tell us here? He's saying, you're going to pursue it. You say, okay, fine, I agree. I'm going to pursue this love. I'm going to imitate Jesus. That will lead you to the cross. That will lead you to the cross. To fulfill it requires the crucifixion, the cross of myself, crucifying myself and its lusts. That's why St. Paul says to the Galatians, God forbid that I should boast or glory in anything except in the cross of my Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we say fine. So we agree, we accept, but how? Okay, through love, okay, but I don't want to suffer. Why can't we just live a nice, pleasant, easygoing life? Because this life here is not the end journey. This is not your destination. This is a preparation. So every time you feel a temptation, do a prostration. Every time you feel a frustration, do a prostration. Use the matanya as the prostration to say, I refuse to submit myself to the easy, to the evil, to the form or appearance of religion. I willfully submit myself to Jesus And I give my back to sin. Every time. Insist on it. And the suffering won't be a huge deal anymore. St. John Chrysostom tells us a beautiful quote about this whole thing about suffering. He says the following. He says, Other joys at any rate are no better than flowing streams. No sooner seen than gone by. The happiness that is from God, by contrast, remains steady and has firm roots, is both ample and lasting, interrupted by no unforeseen circumstance, but rendered more elevated by the very obstacles themselves. You start to see, even through the obstacle, even through the cross, even through the problem, you start to see the sweetness of the victory in Christ. That's why there's this passage that explains this exactly. In the book of Revelation, chapter 12. St. John says, then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation, count these items with me. Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. These four things. For the accuser of our brethren, who is the accuser of our brethren? The devil, who has been accusing us before God since Adam and Eve. Who accused them before our God day and night. Do You know that the devil is accusing you before God day and night. Trying to find a way for you to be cut away from God. And God just tells him, we'll get away from here. Leave my children alone. To a certain limit. Just like Job. To a certain limit. You can do this, but not more than this. He has been cast down. And, they, and the, the red part is what I want you to focus on with me today. And they, so those who chose to pursue holiness, perfecting it in the fear of God, living in holiness and blamelessness and righteousness all the days of our life, in love, knowing that there will be difficulties and sufferings, he says, and they overcame him, how? By the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. By the blood of Christ and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. They did not love their lives here to the death. They realized, they understood what the Lord meant when he said in the gospel, he who loves his life will lose it. But he who hates his life in this world will gain it for eternity. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the, forget the last part. But anyway, it's there on the screen It's for another time. Rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives to the death. So this reminds us to take this life seriously, not in a boring, strict sense, because a lot of people misinterpret that thing. To be holy means to be following some sort of fanatical religion and be angry and your eyebrows are frowning and you're upset about everything and everyone and you hate everything and everyone. That's not Jesus. If you look at the Gospels, that's not what Jesus said or did with the people, except with those like the Pharisees who refused to repent. He was very bold in that point. But with everyone in humanity who was seeking repentance, he gave them all the courage and help in the world. C.S. Lewis said, There is a kind of happiness and wonder that makes you serious. It is too good to waste on jokes. makes you realize that your life is a precious gift to be used, not just to joke around with, to make light of. Your life is not a joke for we a joke Jesus would not have died on the cross take it seriously in Christ in love in the f- pursuit of the fruits of the holy spirit and don't be discouraged with the sufferings because as st paul says i consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us not worthy to be compared that's why he's able to say that in prison and not be discouraged by the suffering he's not worried so again, what is the will of God? Do you remember what the will of God is by now? If I ask you, what is the will of God? Give me one word. Hmm? Sanctification. Our holiness in Him. This is, this is His will. When you say, Thy will be done, you're saying, Make me your saints. St. Saint Peter calls us being partakers of the divine nature. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. So there's a beautiful book for those of you who are married or pursuing marriage or thinking how to make your marriage the way Christ intended called the sacred marriage. And the author named Gary Thomas says, what if, what if God designed marriage to make us holy more than to make us happy? Knowing that holiness is what will truly make you happy. The pursuit of holiness is truly what will make you happy. You say, well, after I heard all this, I say, you know what? This is too hard. I can't. I've done so many bad things. I've sinned so much. I'm so far gone. I'm so in darkness that I can never come back to Jesus. This is a deception. This is a lie. The devil is using this against you to cut you off from Jesus. There's this beautiful quote I found that says, Jacob lied. Moses murdered. Saul hunted down Christians. David had an affair. Peter disowned Jesus. God used every single one of these people to build the kingdom. You are never too far gone for God to use. Don't let the devil steal your story. Let Christ rewrite it. Let Christ rewrite your story. This is what the Lord says. Let me rewrite it. I make all things new. Let me make your life new. He is able and he wants to. Just like that. Remember in the book of Luke chapter 8, there's this man full of leprosy. Could you imagine someone coming towards you, completely leprous, from the forehead to the feet, how scary would they look to you? And this man comes to Jesus running. He says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. What does Jesus do? He takes a step back and looks at him like this in disgust? No. He says he touches him, puts his hand on him. The Lord is not afraid of the tomb. He's not afraid of the grave. He's not afraid of the waters. He's not afraid of darkness because he's all light and all love. And he touches him and says, I'm willing to be cleansed. So let His light shine in you. Let everything you do be done in love. And say that it's not enough to just say, I'm going to pursue this and that's it, I'll be good. It's not enough to say that. To live in this light or this holiness and to punch holes in the darkness, you must plug in to God. The real power comes from a life closely connected to Him. Connect to Jesus. As you see your cell phone losing battery power, you rush to plug it in anywhere to ensure you have battery in your cell phone. Do the same with the pursuit of holiness. i leave you with this last quote, I promise, from C.S. Lewis. He says, How little people know who think that holiness is dull or boring. When one meets the real thing, it is irresistible. You have people that were all kinds of sinners who met Jesus and left everything and followed Him. They saw and felt something beyond anything that attracted them or lured them on earth. It was irresistible. Holiness is irresistible. Please pray with me that you and I can taste the real thing today as we receive His body and blood and as we walk with Him. In every second we walk on earth till we are with Him in eternity. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart.